that over there is Dr. Brandy Sexy Voice. And that over there is DJ Evil Dave. And we opened with the musical track, which means it's one of our patented music specials. Are they patented? Really? Yeah. We filed a patent? Yes. <laughs> it's patent file number 36177171176. Oh, wow. You know the number and everything. Wow. The things you do behind my back, darling. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, that was Dope Stars Incorporated. We played them a lot because they're a really cool band that frequently releases their music for free. Which is always a plus because yeah. that means we can play it. And they're from Rome in Italy, which is a bit unusual because they have a very American cold wave sound. They do, yes. Yeah, it's that, I like to call it like a stainless steel, even surgical steel kind of sound. It's very much in the high range and mid range, not a whole lot of bass. Hmm. Really. That song is called Self-Destructive Corp, the Midnight Mass Remix by Mortis from the album Neuromance. Members of Dope Stars Incorporated include Victor Love, Fabrice Lenuit, Darren Yvonne, Ash Rexy, and Andreas DeLorean. Uh, what could we say else about Dope Stars Incorporated? I don't know. What I could we know. say? Well, how about that song in particular? It has some spooky kind of ooh noises, like like weird little ghosty kind of noises. Yes. And that's because this is our spoopy music special. Spoopy. Spoopy. Ooh, let's go into the origins of spoopy. Let's, because we found them out on Wednesday nights. Yeah, we had the uh, carved-themed talent salad show at the Ogden Comedy Loft, and... Chelsea explained to Danielle the origins of the word spoopy. Yes. Which apparently just comes from the internet and one of those silly misspellings of a word. Like somebody on a Chinese sign trying to say spooky instead of it says spoopy. It was a sign made in China. Yep. Not for China. Made for Americans. Made for Americans but, in China and they yeah. got it wrong and it said spoopy instead of spooky. Mm-hmm. That became a whole big Tumblr thing. Yeah, once it hit Tumblr, that was it. It went viral. And the meaning is something that's both scary and cute, like things that are Halloween-themed but are just kind of fun. So like the Tea Turtle Jason shirts. Yeah, that would be spoopy. So spoopy. Mm -hmm. The music that we're playing like in tonight's uh, or this week's or this fortnight's <laughs> Halloween special... <laughs> Uh, are going to be kind of spoopy. They're spooky in one element, but they're fun too. And that's kind of the vibe I went for. Yeah. And some are going to be a bit spookier than others. And some are going to be more spoopy than others. Are they going to be creppy? They might be creppy too, which is another misspelling of creepy. <laughs> so creppy, spoopy, music special. It, it was a cake with a spider on it, and they were supposed to write creepy, and they wrote creppy. Yeah. I don't know why. It still tickles me she, so much. She really likes creppy. I like spoopy. <laughs> yeah, the first time I heard spoopy was on a Sawbones episode when uh, Riley was guest starring. I think because Justin was in on a gaming conference. I think he was at E3 or something like that. Mm. And so uh, Riley was talking about spoopy-themed diseases with, with her sister, Sydney. Crazy. Yeah. Like that weird... Was it Perforia, the one where you're allergic to sunlight? Oh, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd have an excuse. And lycanthropy when you grow hair in weird places. Uh, or that's called PCOS yeah. for women. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's not lycanthropy. <laughs> or the time when uh, everybody in Britain was eating mummies. Yeah, yeah. that was a thing. That and that's weird. gross. Yeah, it's just gross. And there's a lot fewer mummies than there used to be because they just grind them up and put them in ointments and stuff. Yeah. Because that's... colonialism. That's just so dumb. Mm -hmm. I mean, why would you think that that would have any kind of helpful <laughs> properties at all? Yeah, it certainly didn't help the pharaohs all that much. They still died, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, this next track is really the inspiration for this music special because I was really waffling on what to do for a Halloween episode. Mm. And this was a submission... Through our Facebook page. Yes. So the artist contacted me directly and linked to her Bandcamp site. This is the band Grab Your Face, which I want to say, Grab Your Face! <laughs> <laughs> uh, from the album Philophobia, which is the fear of love. And the song is called Drink Bleach. And bleach, as a topic, opens you up for a lot of different types of symbolism because you think of it as being a, a cleanser you know if you're gonna drink bleach it's a way to you know clean your body but at the same time it's something used to like the word bleach is to turn white mm. and so if you think about you know the recent rise in fascism and stuff to be able to turn you white and basically homogenize you and see all i think of when you say bleach is toxic yep that's the other one like um the high five murders that took place here in Utah a while back when people were forced to drink Drano. Yeah. Speaking of, my favorite murder podcast is coming to Salt Lake City mm -hmm. next year because they've they've done um, some of the murders here in Utah in the past, so it'll be interesting to see what they discuss. Yeah. But yeah, it's really opened up for songwriting you know how you can utilize bleach and so it's a neat way to interpret the meaning of that particular song which has got that creepy vibe to it but it's got a little bit of fun too especially when that really groovy bass line comes in yeah she reminds me of early vumpskut when uh rudy would have the lady sing bits and just kind of an eerie like more of a French cold wave approach. Mm. It's sinister yet still somewhat emotionally detached. It's a yes. really interesting way to approach vocals and I like it a lot. I think that's my favorite song out of the the assortment that she sent me. What are your thoughts regarding it? I really liked it. I enjoyed her kind of well, it wasn't completely deadpan. Yeah, it's that French cold wave kind of approach. Uh, yeah, know. not completely deadpan performance of the lyrics, but I don't know how to explain it. It was just almost like, uh, I hate you, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not going to raise my voice. I'm mm. just going to tell you about it in this song. <laughs> nice. So, fuck you. Yep. Basically, that's the feeling. It's just... Yeah, I'm not going to spend any more energy on you than you deserve, but I'm still going to tell you how much you suck. <laughs> Very cool. And you'll get the same vibe we did with Drink Bleach by Grab Your Face. It's 9 a.m. and I'm bleeding through broken glass. My lungs are torn, I don't know how long they last. I didn't think it would be like that. I didn't know I could hurt like that. I want, I want my life back 
War Boy by Damsel in the Dollhouse from Feast of Villains. And if you're a Mad Max Fury Road fan, you probably picked up on a lot of the references. Considering how much of a feminist movie Mad Max Fury Road is, it's fun that she picked up on the War Boy element and explored that. Mm. You know, something that's very much the, the kind of masculine side of things and just the whole valhalla kind of deal the witness me the you know what a day what a lovely day <laughs> yeah and even when the drums pick up and you can just picture the main vehicle with the drums in the back and the guy playing guitar up front damsel in the dollhouse they're from montana montana so yeah what right next door really wow uh members are nina tucciarelli and she's basically in charge of the music and vocals and then rob robinson that does the mastering uh, very much uh an experimental approach to industrial music kind of a little genre bending a lot of the songs tend to run on the long side mm. kind of like how frontline assembly does you know, where it's like five to seven minutes rather than like three to five. Yeah, well, and that's fine as long as you change it up and it's not just the same thing over and over again for those extra minutes. Yeah, that's very true. Because, yeah, with Frontline Assembly, it's like a sonic scape sort of thing. So, but with the uh, Damsel in the Dollhouse, there's a lot of false endings. Or you think the song's <laughs> over and then it picks up again. Fake out! And I usually love those, so I'm cool with it. So, any thoughts regarding it? Because I know you're a big... A Mad Max Fury Road fan. Oh, no, I hated it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I, the drum beat was very heavy to mm. remind you of that, of that part of the movie. That's all the war boys were for. They were cannon fodder. Oh, yeah. Is basically what they were. And they had been trained from birth to believe that it's their destiny to die well, <laughs> like a Klingon or something. Yep. And that they would go to Valhalla and live again. And it's like, oh, you poor sods. That's not how this works. Yep. And that song's very much an exploration of that, you know, that theme regarding the war boys. That they're born and bred for battle. Yeah, that's that's all they're there for. And they're just tools. And yep. they believe so fervently. <laughs> yes, so indeed. fervently. And that's what makes them dangerous. Yeah, spraying their lips with chrome. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually cake frosting. Oh, cool. <laughs> spray frosting. So they cake. were high on sugar. Yeah, they were high on sugar because, you know, obviously they couldn't spray actual paint in their yeah. mouths. That would have been a bad yeah, thing. Toxic. Even the cake frosting thing, I'm just like, um, <laughs> no. Silver cake frosting, what's in there to make it look metallic? That can't be good for you. We'll probably find out in 20 years. Aluminum oh, yeah, that filings. Stuff. All, that, all those actors that had to spray that stuff, their teeth are now falling off. Sorry, Nicholas Holt. <laughs> they all have Alzheimer's. <laughs> Aluminum's eating away parts of their brain. No, not Nicholas Holt. I love him. He's a great actor. No, not no. Beast. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I, I very much enjoyed it. Oh, good. And speaking of percussion, this next track has a lurch and crunch kind of quality that I really like. Like some kind of lumbering giant, just, you know, some colossal monster just... Crashing through Yeah, crashing through. <laughs> you know, just like Godzilla on Tokyo, that kind of feeling. Yeah. Which is typical of Grindcore. This isn't a Grindcore song, though. It's pretty much straight up 
industrial from a band called Kevorkian Death Cycle. Oh boy. It's a lovely name. And it's a song called The Promise, the Hex RX remix of version 2 <laughs> from the album Distorted Religion. The members of Kevorkian Death Cycle include Ryan Gribben on vocals and guitar, Roger Jarvis on keys and programming, Greg Ripes on guitar and production, not Greg Proops, but Greg Ripes, <laughs> and Nabil Kasim on keys and programming. And they're from Los Angeles, California. Right. Pulsing rhythms, driving beat, a song about betrayal that will come across very clearly mm. in the vocals, especially on the more kind of future pop elements to it. I mean, it does do the kind of screechy, dark electro kind of vocals, and then we'll go into a more crooning style. That's the cat playing in the background. <laughs> um, any thoughts from you, my darling? It has zaps. It does have zaps. That made me happy. And kind of oscillating zaps, too. Like... <laughs> yep. It was crazy zaps. And some samples of laughter and other creepy noises, so... Creppy. It's extra... Oh, creepy noises. Creppy and spooky. Creppy noises. Spoopy <laughs> rhythms. Yes, so I liked sweet. it. Yeah. So here's Kevorkian Death Cycle.
are white males, usually from low to middle class backgrounds. These men are usually intelligent. They may be raised in unstable families, often with criminal psychiatric and alcoholic histories. These children tend to spend much time on their own, and as a result, many practice animal cruelty at a young age.
Stompy song was from Flesh State, and it is called Suicide from their, or his, really, 2009 demo. Uh, the only member of Flesh State is Drew State from Ukraine. Mm. A very dark electro style, super pounding rhythms, like the samples. Yes. Really good samples of some statistics around serial killers. And yeah, the that dark electro approach to vocals that we were talking about, kind of the, the death rasp. Um, your thoughts at all? Not the kind of vocals I like. You no. probably knew that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Uh, dark electro speaks to me. It's like, it just finds my shadow personality and gives it a big old hug. <laughs> well, good for you, but I like vocals I can understand. Yep. That's fair enough. I think, you, you know, I have theories behind that, like headphones and volume levels and eq levels where you can get it to where you can hear it better yeah but, but i still i still don't like the timber of the vocals right. and so that's yeah. not really going to make yeah, me like the, it more i think some people call it dry lung vocals yeah it's just very raspy yeah there's a definite rasp to it and i i like that it it speaks to me Good for you. Yeah, but then I got that ASMR tooth. So <laughs> some things that appeal to me is like others are like, God, oh, that's annoying. Why would you like that? Is that all you really have to say about that particular one? Well, I, I enjoyed it except for the vocals. So yeah. yeah, I could see that one filling a dance floor at an industrial dance club. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, that four on the floor 
really pounding rhythm. Yeah, pretty cool for a dance track. Okay, we're right at the middle of our show. Welcome to the middle. Yep, the cat's breathing hard from playing. <laughs> you probably can hear him. <laughs> He's standing on my leg and just kind of... <sighs> and normally this is where I lay in a promo from a fellow podcast. But we have a special treat for you, although I wish it was a bit more special than it turned out being. There's a reason for that. My phone's... My previous phone kind of crept out and was doing some weird stuff. And that's why our Comic-Con special, the sound quality really dipped on the second of the, or the final two days of our recording. I don't know what happened, but the voice recorder just wasn't working properly anymore. But now I've got a new phone and any remote podcasting should sound good again. Yeah. But yes, we were performers at the most recent Talent Salad, the carved themed one where we attempted to review the 10 original friday the 13th movies within 10 minutes and we have that audio for you yeah you'll have to listen to it to find out if we did it within 10 minutes exactly uh, sorry about the sound quality i had experimented with cleaning it up but it seems to play it as raw as possible is the best quality okay here you go this is us reviewing the 10 original Friday the 13th movies. Hi, hello everybody. We are... Dave and Brandy, yes, we're cat owners. Yeah. Um, yes, we're hosts of the Dark Corner podcast. It's uh, kind of a pop culture review from a bit, bit of a darker perspective. You can find us on changeanddeadly.com, Apple Podcasts, that sort of thing. Yes. Uh, this is a talent show. Uh, our talent, or one of our talents, is to review movies. It's something we do on the podcast. And since it's October, since the theme is carved, and since we had a Friday the 13th this October, which was a nice treat, we're going to review the original 10 Friday the 13th films and attempt to do so in under 10 minutes. And that's why I have note cards, because I'm a tangenteer. Yes. If I don't have note cards, I will go off. <laughs> so, so, are we ready? Right. Three, two, one, go. Okay, the first, Friday the 13th, Jason's not even the killer, it's his mother, Pamela, who arrives way too late in the film to be a sufficient mystery. However, it's still a decent slasher because of the special makeup effects by Tom Savini, he took his experiences from the Vietnam War to present very realistic gore, especially an arrowhead going through the neck of one young Kevin Bacon, and also an axe to the face to one of the female campers, Brandy. Uh, part two, Alice, last girl from the movie, uh, has a bad dream that waits ten minutes of the second film, recapping everything that happened in the first movie. Um, and then she gets killed by Jason and Cappies. With an ice pick. How is Jason alive? We don't know. <laughs> um, go back to Camp Crystal Lake. Do counselors. Jenny's got a chainsaw. She knows how to use it. There's also a hot guy in a wheelchair, which is going to get it on with this really cute girl. But, honey, don't ever spray perfume on your coochie if you're expecting your man's mouth to go there. <laughs> uh, Jason has a bag over his head, and only his left eye shows, and that's the one that's off. 
but it looks normal through the bag. So the best kills are a uh, wheelchair guy getting machete in the face and going backwards down a really long outdoor staircase. And also, uh, people speared during sex because Jason hates people having sex. Uh, Ginny Ann is under the bed hiding from Jason, and a rat goes by, and that's what makes her pee your pants? Honey, that urine is way too dark. You need to see a doctor. <laughs> she pretends to be mommy and wins the day, or does she? Jason crashes through a window after she thinks she's killing. What happens then? We don't know. Dave. Okay, the third installment is in 3D because they did that back in the 80s. Uh, speaking of Jason and Tackies, he's back in Tackies. And he's a tiki torch away from being an alt-right ninja activist. He's uh, played by an acrobat who wasn't big enough, so they stuffed him full of foam. Worst Jason ever. And he kills the only decent actress in the film way too early. Brandy. Okay, Jason, four. The final chapter. It's not the final chapter. Jason escapes the board. Woo! Uh, there's creepy Corey Feldman uh, being a kid with, who likes scary makeup and masks, and he lives with his mom and his sister Trish. That can't press the lake, whatever. Bunch of new kings, most of them are dicks. There are twins with boobs, and oh my god, there are so many boobs in this, but not any penises. Equal rights. Um, the best kill is a steer going through the groin of a guy who is on his way to have sex with his girlfriend because guess what? Jason likes to let keep on sex. <laughs> Everyone but Trish and Tommy die. And so he shakes his head and puts some makeup on to make himself look not at all like a young Jason, pretends to be a young Jason, <laughs> and manages to distract him, kill him with a machete, over and over and over, die, die, die. Is he dead? Probably not, <laughs> Okay, so, number five, new beginning. Tommy's back, he's grown up, he knows Kung Fu. Also, he's haunted by images of Jason, and there's a reason why, because there's a copycat killer. This is the second film in the franchise not to have Jason be the killer. Instead, it's an ambulance driver by the name of Roy, who likes to bash people's heads against things, especially in a car door. And at the end, uh, Tommy dispatches of Jason with the final girl, and then at a hospital, recovering from his injuries, gets the hockey mask that was introduced in part three, puts it on, I guess he's supposed to be the new Jason? Brandy. Part six, Jason lives. Uh, Crystal Lake is now 4-3. You say today, but you get it from nobody! <laughs> um, uh, Crazy Tommy and Brand have escaped from an asylum, apparently, and they've gone to kill, make sure Jason's really dead, and if not, he's not really dead, they've got to kill him. Jason's in a graveyard? Really? With a headstone? I don't think so. <laughs> they open it up, and yes, he's in there, and Tommy decides to just stab him with a metal fist post. Get a lightning storm, yes, that's a great idea. <laughs> So now, now Jason's undead. Tommy gets away, but his friends get killed, and then Jason goes off to kill a young Tony, Tony Goldwyn and a red-headed chick. <laughs> uh, Tommy's caught by the sheriff who doesn't believe him, but Tommy's uh, trying his best to convince him. The sheriff's daughter thinks Tommy is hot. And uh, there are actual children in this film. Children at Camp Forest Green. <laughs> and uh, a daughter is one of the counselors. Jason kills a couple in the motorhome because guess what they were doing? <laughs> Would Jason have killed a kid? We're not really sure. He stands over a little girl for an awfully long time. And then he gets wind of an adult nearby and goes off to kill them. Best kill, Megan, the daughter, killing Jason with the propeller of the motor on the boat. So much chum in the water. I mean, it's actually really gross. So is Jason dead? Seven should be called Carrie versus Jason because we have a psychic lady who, her psychologist, who is a cut-rate Mark Marin, brings her to the um, 
home where her childhood trauma where her baby abusive father died. And he tries to draw out her psychic abilities by giving her emotional grief. And she inadvertently resurrects Jason, who then goes around a killing spree, especially the next door house where they're holding a birthday party for somebody who's never going to arrive because Jason killed him en route to the house. I like this one. Brandy. Uh, part eight, Jason takes Manhattan. Uh, no. Uh, they spend most of their time on a ship called the Lazarus. Are you kidding me? It's like a TARDIS. The outside doesn't match the inside at all. Uh, Rennie is our main character, and she's afraid of the water. Why? We don't care, but they're going to tell us that the uncle pushed her in when she was little. And she also has a dog that says absolutely no curses, and she's disappearing from the movie. Uh, Jason uh, kills the rock chick with her own guitar, and she was, like, really cool. And then Rennie gets pushed in the ocean by a bitch on cocaine. And her boyfriend saved her, and neither of them came close to shower after they hit the open! Can you imagine how they must smell for the rest of the movie? Jason really does a lot of damage to the engine room, which catches on fire. Now it's time to evacuate. Let's all get in the lifeboat, those of us who are left. And, oh, is it Manhattan now? No, really long, stupid scene in the lifeboat. Finally, 15 minutes we spend in Manhattan! And, oh, Jason kills a bunch of people who are about to rape Rennie. Why? Because Jason hates people having sex. <laughs> anyway, uh, the dog does show up at the end. Who cares? Uh, the best kill is Julius's head getting punched off. He was a boxer who thought he was all about. He ain't Jason. Uh, apparently, there's also just a bunch of toxic waste in open barrels all around New York, and they flush it out through the sewers every night. <laughs> and so that's how Jason dies, is covered in toxic waste. Basically, it's a little hand puppet, very poorly done, and what looks like a lot of clear water. Dave! Jason goes to hell. Starts really well. There's a federal agent who disguises herself as a camper. Complete with gratuitous nudity and a shower scene, she lures Jason out into the woods, where there's a bunch of federal agents with assault weapons. They just unload on Jason and blow him up with a grenade. There's bits of Jason on the coroner's desk. The coroner, for some reason, grabs Jason's still-beating heart and bites into it thus getting infected with a parasitic demonic worm. Now, Jason is body-swapping throughout the rest of the film, and it becomes every horror movie ever. We have demonic possession, as in The Exorcist. We have some guy melting into a skeleton, a la the Hellraiser franchise. We have this family lore of the Voorhees can only kill a Voorhees, which is lifted straight from Halloween. And at the end, we have the clawed hand of Freddy Krueger reach up to pull Jason into hell. Brandy. Jason X happens because Freddy vs. Jason was in development hell and they needed to do something to keep the interest. So, Jason and Andromeda, I'm sorry, Jason and Lex go, I'm sorry, Jason and Rowan get frozen. You don't, it doesn't matter why. Like a third of the cast of Andromeda is in the film. Uh, they are found 445 years later by a bunch of scientist students on a ship. Uh, by the way, Earth 1 is dead, now there's Earth 2. Okay, so, uh, when uh, Alexa Doy gets awoken, she takes it all very well. Oh, it's been 445 years? Okay, but you can't agree, Jason! Why did you bring him? Oh, it's fine. We've got Sergeant Brodsky and the Marines, because we all know how very well Marines do against serial killers or aliens. <laughs> so, there's also an android, an android Becca. No, not Becca. Her name is K.M., but it's Becca from Andromeda. <laughs> and she's obsessed with nipples, but they keep falling off. Um, it's the only boobs you see in the film. And uh, Jason actually only resurrects when he hears a woman scream in orgasm. Why? Because Jason hates people having sex. 
So the best kill is Cyber Jason in a simulation with two camper girls. He takes the sleeping bag of one camper girl with the camper girl in it and beats the other girl to death and then throws that girl against a tree, breaking her back. But they all manage to escape. No, not all. Becca and Andromeda and the guy who created Becca all escape because of Sergeant Brodsky, who really was almost dead but now isn't, decides to take a spacewalk. Jason's coming out of Cyber Jason now because he's been resurrected after Becca destroyed him. And, gosh, there's not that genetic material. Let's use metal. So, now his eyes are at least in the both in the right place. But that's why I read. Brodsky takes him right into the atmosphere of Earth, too, and they burn up on reentry. So, is he dead? I actually think he is. Yeah, time. but he's probably the son, yeah. And time. And we did it. Oh, we did it under 10 minutes. We managed to do it. Barely. 15 seconds left, basically. Yep. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And uh, it was very well received, as you could tell, and Brandy was getting a lot of laugh breaks, which was cool. I, I didn't really notice because I was talking so fast yep. <laughs> just to... You even had call and response regarding the whole Jason, Jason hates, hates people, people having sex. sex. So that was good times and got to talk to some people afterwards about the Friday the 13th franchise and just horror movies in general. Yeah, we had a great time. Yep. And then Danielle, she doesn't watch horror movies, so we mentioned some of the kills and she'd gasp. <laughs> 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 like the axe to the face. And you're... Yeah, but so. she she was also laughing a lot. Yep. So, so yeah, we had some really great compliments regarding it. And uh, Joe even asked if we would consider doing that for the Nightmare movies, Nightmare mm. on Elm Street stuff. Oh, Yeah. Which would be fun, because I could see you doing the odd ones, me doing the even ones. Because yeah. you'd get one and three, which are really good. I'd get two, which is bizarre. Oh, but, but are we not, are we only counting the originals and not the new Nightmare crap? I, I mean, stuff. think there's fewer in the Nightmare series. I think there's eight, if you include the remake. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, skip the remake. I don't particularly care for seven. I think that's New Nightmare. I tried to watch it. I couldn't. So basically just the what is considered to be the originals. Yeah, I suppose so. Okay. I don't know if that I've seen all of them. I've seen most of them. Like I said, seven I couldn't sit through all the way. And some people really love that and think it's one of the best, if not the best. I struggled. Well, it's something to think about. Yeah. All right. This next track, admittedly... Has buried vocals even by my tastes. <laughs> I mean, almost to the levels of... God, what is that name of that band? I forget. Oh, uh, Rosetta Stone. Yeah. Anyhow, Blinky Blinky Computer Band. Who has a single member? That's Olaf Krautfurst, who's from Kremlingen in Germany, as you would expect from that name. Yeah, mm, true. <laughs> and he describes his style as strange electropop. Okay. Which is just kind of a flavoring. Electropop, I'm thinking like Kraftwerk, so really in that German camp. Your thoughts on this upcoming song? <laughs> that the <laughs> bit that... It, it's very late at night and we're listening to like partial bits of the song somewhat. 
Well, you've heard them all in I've their entirety. I've heard them all several but times. I have not. Yep. So, um, but yeah, it was it was it made me giggle actually. <laughs> Reminds me of the like fifties cult sci fi movies, yes. Electroman. Yes, very much so. <laughs> um, yeah, once you get past the buried vocals, I lo- really like the tail end of the song a lot. I like just repeating Electroman and then chopping that up in a very kind of static fashion. Mm. So yeah, like. Like a robot who's skipping his programming. Electromon, mon, 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 mon. Electromon, mon. I love that stuff. So, you know, it kind of has a retro sound to it. And that's really why I chose this particular track. So, yeah, here's Blinky Blinky Computer Band <laughs> with Electromon, mon, 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 mon.
of Germany, but this time Berlin. It's Blush Response. Ooh. With Tearing Up the Place. And that comes off the album We Are Replicants. So the only member of this band... Wow. ...is Joey Blush. And describes his style as being techno-industrial. A very groovy song, this one. Yes, very groovy. Yeah. Kind of like the smarmy vocal style in it. <laughs> it's like a pissed off lounge singer or something. Yeah. <laughs> lounge singer gone dark. Yeah. Basically a song about psychosis. So, hmm. Mm, yeah. Psychosis. Mm. And some fun guitar riffs in there. Just kind of add to the eerie charm of it to be all spoopy spoopy yeah Yeah, i like it it's got a swagger to it it does have a swagger yeah devil may care attitude next up we have something particularly spoopy and creppy for you (laughs) (laughs) it's an instrumental piece by the band click click and it's called still awake from the album husk and i think that album title really describes the song in its own right as something Kind of dry, kind of hollow, but that's what they're going for. Yes. It's rather minimalistic, very retro, which makes sense when you realize that they formed in 1982. Click Click consists of Adrian Smith, Derek Smith, possibly brothers, Graham Stronach, uh, John Morris, and Pete Luton Hosier. And they're from Luton in the United Kingdom. Luton! Yep, and they describe their style as industrial, which is kind of... The vibe I'm going for in this music special. I'm sorry. I'm just in the election night Monty Python sketch in my head. (laughs) What's the news from Luton? Oh, man. Anyway, sorry. Back on track. Sorry. Any of your thoughts regarding this? Well, now that I know that it's titled Husk, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, the the album. uh, It's called Still Awake, the song, and it has some really spoopy and creppy uh, sampling in there. (laughs) Some odd kind of gasps and groans, very ghost-like. And I like the little bits of kind of bass drummy sound in there. It's just something that goes boom, boom. (laughs) (laughs) And meanwhile, uh, the percussion itself is like a ticking clock. You know, tick, 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 boom, boom. (laughs) (laughs) Groans in the background. Yeah. So you'll get a picture of that with this next track. Still awake by Click Click.
And from California, that was the band TV with the song Victim from the album Deva. And the members of TV are David Boysane and Jason Van Helsingen on synth, and then Nosajig and Jess Gibbs on percussion. That is a nice slice of electronic body music. Very danceable stuff. And kind of captures the sentiment I think we're all feeling right now, is that we're all feeling like victims of this world. Yep. (laughs) It's not a very happy time for most, I think. Nope. And uh, it's kind of that feeling of helplessness and everyone having had one put over on one. Right. Right. <laughs> that made I no sense, I, huh? I, no, I think I know what you're saying. <laughs> of having the wool pulled over our eyes, essentially. Oh, I'm allergic to wool. Oh, whoa. Now I can't see. You bastards. Why would you do this to me? Yeah, it's an aggressive slice of uh, kind of a harsh EBM thing. You can hear how EBM and industrial are really close cousins, even kissing cousins, you know? <laughs> it's just... Not much distinction between one or the other. It's easy to lump them together, which I do in my own iTunes library. Yes. Library? Library. Library. Library? Are you going to the library? Uh, your thoughts, if any? Pretty much what you said. I yeah, don't really just the, have anything to add yeah. that is uh, interesting in any way. I'm sorry. Well, that's fine. Just an aggressive bit of uh, electronic dance music. Get your body moving and release some of your frustrations in a positive way you know dance it out dance it out all right we're at the end i'm playing 10 tracks for you and we're now at the 10th and final track the ultimate track and it's a bit on the nose i tend to like to end these music specials with something that says farewell or goodbye or something (laughs) like that just very much on the nose and this is no different it's called the end from afar by studio x Versus Simon Carter. And this I got off one of the Alpha Matrix downloads. It's a slice of electronica, even kind of edging up against dubstep. Just maybe a little bit. Just just kind of like sexily rubbing up against it mm-hmm. saying, hey baby, how you doing? It has a bit of a text-to-speech, which you find in a lot of electronic dance music. It's kind of... An, Nice way to get some female vocals without actually having to pay an artist to sing. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Computers taking all our jobs. Yep. Robot singers taking our jobs. Taking our jobs. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a good dance track. It's fun. It's a neat way to end. So, yeah, this is Studio X versus Simon Carter with the end from afar happy halloween happy halloween <laughs> have a spoopy creepy time this is where my heart began you stood out from the crowd and then you ran a chase i won through love's infatuation i felt as if i conquered an entire nation but now i see you from afar you still owe the key to my heart you were once and will be again my soulmate until the very end
is where my heart began. You stood out from the crowd, and then you ran. A chase I won through love's infatuation. I felt as if I conquered an entire nation. Yeah. 